Hello everyone and welcome to this little weekend recap edition of Blackhawks on Tap. We got a special one for you guys tonight. We're going to talk about a lot of winning hockey. We're going to talk about some milestones. But before we get to all that, we're going to check in with the guys. We got Tony Marchese and Patrick Comiskey on tonight with me, your host, Ron Luce. Tony, Pat, how are we doing tonight, guys? Oh, I'm doing phenomenally. It was a great day all around. Hawks won, Kane, 1,000 points. It doesn't get much better than that. Absolutely. Tony, how about yourself? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'd say I'd seen better nights in my life, but uh, Patrick Kane, 1,000 points. That's pretty fucking cool and tough. I'm just going to say that right there. And uh, five in a row. That's cool and tough. So let's 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 get into this, Ron. Where, where are we starting off here? Yeah, let is... Let us get into it. In fact, I am also going to crack one in celebration because of how great this episode is going to be. I don't know if you guys would like to join me in enjoying a nice cold beverage, but cheers. Cheers, Ron. I already cracked mine. Um, might be past Comiskey's time for, for cracking beers, but uh, I'm not sure. He's probably imbibed enough today for the both of us. <laughs> I haven't had a beer all day, but I'm extremely hungover, so that's where we're at right now. Yeah, hey, you know what cures hangovers, uh, Comiskey? Uh, yeah, another beer. It's the only thing that cures a hangover. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Comiskey. I am also nursing a hangover today as well. But let's dive right into it, shall we? we got a lot of hockey to talk about. First and foremost, last night, uh, so we are recording this on Sunday evening, on Saturday evening, the Blackhawks finished out their little Canadian road trip in Toronto and beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, yes, that is correct. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. 6-2. to two. They actually absolutely took it to the Maple Leafs, mollywopped them in their own building. Extremely good nights from Dominic Kubelik, who had two goals and an assist, as well as Jonathan Taves, who had a four-point evening with two and two of his own. Corey Crawford got the second straight start for the Blackhawks, and he played very, very well. He gets the win in that one. And they were able to keep a very high-powered Toronto Maple Leafs team in check. So, guys, first initial thoughts of that game. I mean, come on. They outshoot the Maple Leafs. They outhit them. Really, the only thing the Leafs dominated in was in the faceoff dot, but it didn't matter because the Hawks put up six on them in their own building. Yeah, my initial uh, my initial takeaway from that game was is, as this team is getting healthier now, their forward groups are starting to look pretty damn good. They were rolling four lines out there, and all four of them look good. Even the uh, you know that line with the Brinkett, um, Doc, and Camp is looking like it's really good. It looked good all weekend. Like the Hawks are just you know they get healthy, you get Sod back. Getting Sod back is huge because now you can throw him on Kane's line, and he has a legitimate winger next to him. And then you know um, Kajula is just that perfect complement to Taves and Kubalik. And like you see, it all comes together. Everyone can kind of slot themselves where they should be, and the Blackhawks are now an actual team with depth because you have guys back. You're still missing Shaw out there, but you know you get these guys back, and this forward group is looking very, very formidable. I agree with everything that Kamiski just said there. Um, and uh, Ron, I just want to go back and comment. Drake Kajula, first line. Like you and I talked about this last year. We sure did. You know, here it here it is again. You know, jumping in early, Jake Kajula. Um, that Taves has missed him for a while. Like, and you know, having him back, and, and I think Brandon Sod back. Those are two key components. Imagine what happens when you get uh, a name that Kamiski didn't throw out there. Uh, Strom. You know, we we need Strom back. We need Shaw back. It, things are just starting to happen now for this team. And, you know, it's ho-hum, another win for the Blackhawks. I mean, we, we haven't been able to say that in a while. This is one of these first winning streaks that we've actually been, like, able to enjoy. And one of the things I was talking to our guy Johnny, who was out at the at the United Center tonight, um, so unfortunately couldn't join us. This was, like, one of the first times since I think the Nashville Predators game where all of us were out at Murray Brothers in Rosemont where the Hawks just kind of dominated their way through the game, and you weren't really worried about them losing. I mean, six goals in the first two periods, and that's all you really need right there. So this this was just an excellent game to watch on a Saturday night as you're cracking some beers and having a good time, and you, you weren't worried at all during this matchup. I, I don't know about you guys, but I was not worried at all after the first period. 
yeah, I don't think I'd, any of us were worried, and, and you said it perfectly, and uh, you actually gave us a really good precursor to just kind of jump right into the quickly, into the scoring summary. You mentioned Drake Kajula. He started the scoring off for the Blackhawks just 21 seconds into the game. He had an ass- assisted from Kubelik and Murphy. That's his fifth goal already, and I believe that's his, what, third since returning from injury? Um, at least second since returning from injury just a handful of games ago. So good having him back, as you mentioned. And that first line kept at it as Jonathan Taves added his 13th of the season, uh, five minutes into that period. Nylander and Gustafson had the assists. And then uh, right at the midpoint-ish of the period, Brandon Saad, as you guys mentioned, getting him back. First game back, he tallies on a beautiful snipe. I'm sure you guys can only imagine the level of excitement I had running through my veins when he scored that gorgeous goal. Kane picked up point number 999 with the primary assist, and Ryan Carpenter got that secondary one. So that was just the first period. In the second period, William Nylander uh, made things at least a little bit interesting and got Toronto on the board with a power play goal just 25 seconds into the period. Uh, but it didn't matter because about three minutes later, Jonathan Taves gets his second of the night with assists from Kajula and Gustafson. Uh, Gustafson point machine lately, and Johnny's stick to click in that Toronto game. So he actually had a pretty nice night. Um they kept it going. That top line was absolutely sensational in that game. Dominic Kubalik scored his 19th of the season just before the 11-minute mark with assists from Taves and Cuckoo. And then it really didn't matter at this point, but Alexander Kerfoot scored his 8th goal of the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs at the 15-minute mark, roughly, in the period. And then, as you mentioned, six goals in two periods. Dominic Kubelik got his 20th. And if, if you didn't see the goal, ladies and gentlemen, go back and watch it. He bats it out of midair. Incredibly impressive. Taves again with the primary assist, as we noted. Four-point night for the captain. And the Hawk, that's all the Hawks would need. No goals were scored in the third period as they were able to shut down one of the East's best teams, in the Toronto Maple Leafs, taking advantage of a lot of injuries on that back end up there in Toronto. So an excellent, excellent game there. Guys, any quick thoughts on this game before we uh, jump into tonight's action? Yeah, I got one real quick, Ron. Jonathan Taves. This is what we've wanted out of Johnny Taves since game one this year. And Johnny and I have talked about this on the show. I know you guys have talked about this on this show. We've collectively talked about this in our group chats. We need the stars to show up. We needed more out of Jonathan Taves. I go back to the time where Johnny wrote that article about a little help for Kane, please. And this is this is a perfect example of what to expect out of Jonathan Taves. And, and this game right here from him is the pinnacle of, of Jonathan Taves getting himself back on track. He's been a force up there for this win streak. And we need to continue to see that. And right here, this is a prime example. Look at it. Look at the score sheet. Look at what he's done on the ice, even off the ice. And we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get into Kane's thousandth. But Johnny Taves has really sparked this team. And you saw it on Saturday night in Toronto. I'm looking for this to continue if this team continues to march towards the playoffs. We need this out of the captain. Great stuff. Kaminsky, any uh, any closing thoughts on this Toronto game? Well, you know what? I was actually going to go the same way Tony did with Taze. Taze has looked absolutely phenomenal. He looks like his old self. And like he said, that's what they need. If this if this Hawks team is going to get into the playoffs, you need that old Jonathan Taze. Um, I wrote it in that blog today about Taze that, you know, this is what we need, and they're going to need it going forward. You know, you can go onto our website and check that one out. Um, but, you know, it, a lot of things, you know, just – a lot of things look good. Uh, you know, Crawford looked good. This defense is starting to look actually pretty formidable now, which is strange because when we seen that Seabrook and uh, uh, Calvin, Calvin DeHaan were out for the year, kind of thought, this might get ugly. The Hawks might, like, set a record for the most goals allowed ever. You know, they're, they're high-danger scoring chances. This defense is starting to look somewhat somewhat serviceable. You know, I think tonight was... Uh, the sixth time in the last eight games that they've, well, actually, no, because they ended up allowing three goals tonight. But, you know, they have been, 
they just haven't been allowing a whole lot. Crawford and Leonard have both look good, but the defense, you know, they're not giving up as many shots. They're not giving up as many high danger chances. And you've seen that in both games this weekend. You know, Adam Boquist is starting to come into his own. He's looking really good up there with Keith. Slater Cuckoo is surprisingly actually starting to look pretty serviceable out there. The mistakes are less. They're not turning the puck over as much. So they're just more and more looking like a team that might be able to hit some consistency and they just keep on winning. Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing I want to add in here too, is if you look at the time on ice in Toronto, everybody's spread between 18 and 21 minutes. That's consistent playing time across all six defenders. That's awesome. In game one of a back-to-back, like you don't see Keith out there for 24 minutes and then Boquist only getting 15 minutes of ice time. I think that's really important, and and it showed again when you come in tonight and you've got some some evenly consistent minutes in game one of the back to back. It allows guys to to stay fresh when you've got six guys that can play close to twenty minutes of ice time. It, it's it just makes a world of difference, you know. And, and right here, Ali Mata, twenty one minutes of ice time, and I said this on a show. I think about two weeks ago, I think, Ron, you and I were the ones who hosted it. Mm-hmm. I haven't noticed Alimata on this team. Like, I, I don't notice him. And I think, Pat, you would probably agree with this. If I don't notice Alimata, that's a good, good thing. thing. That's a very good thing. He had a good play tonight. Um, I th- he broke up what looked like was going to be a pretty um, easy two-on-one opportunity for uh, Winnipeg. And he just went right at the puck carrier and took it right off his stick. You know, that was impressive. You don't see that a whole lot. Usually, you know, you do that, the pass is going to get over, and the guy's going to be wide open in front of the net. Mata just, he made a decision, and he made a great play on the puck. And then let me go back and correct myself when I was talking about the defense here. They did only give up two goals tonight. So the Hawks' last eight games, they've only allowed uh, more than two goals once in those eight games. Like, they are starting to play some actual hockey. I want to talk about the penalty kill, too, tonight. Yeah. They were on, the, I mean, they were on it the entire second period. Holy shit. I mean, the penalty kill, that's not something we're used to. It was like good special teams hockey from the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Like, just excellent, excellent yeah. penalty kill lately from, from the Hawks. Ron, I know we're, we're jumping back and forth between two different games here, but if we look at this as a larger whole, this penalty kill has just been phenomenal lately. Yep. No, six, it really has. Six in the league currently. Yeah, I was you know, say, they're t- up there now, 82.5% on it. Yeah, top 10 penalty kill. I think the last time the Blackhawks had a top 10 anything um, was probably 2015 when they were winning a Stanley Cup. But, yeah, just kind of tying the bow on all of your points that you guys brought up. D- distribution of the defense. Boakfist in this Toronto game played the least amount of minutes, as you mentioned, at 18. Um, Slater, Cuckoo, and... Um, Olimata really were used a lot. Duncan Keith didn't even play 20 minutes in that game. So good seeing them be able to keep him fresh, rotate all the bodies. That Mata-Cuckoo pairing has been very nice as a third pairing. They're almost becoming, dare I say it, a shutdown pairing in a lot of ways. Um, They have good chemistry together. Cuckoo's able to play his offside, which is key in that situation as they are both lefties. Um, And they're just getting a a lot of good opportunities. But yes, I agree also with both you guys. Jonathan Tapes has been absolutely excellent. I saw a statistic actually after this Toronto game when we were, when I was watching the postgame show. Mentioning that Taves had one goal in the first 11 games of the season, and since then he has now tallied 13 in the last 28 or whatever. Um, and I think he only had a handful of assists, too, in those first 11. So pretty much all of his points um, outside of, well, maybe six or seven uh, have come really in the last 28 games or so. So he's been absolutely sensational, as you mentioned. He is back. So. Good seeing the Hawks go to Toronto, take care of business in the six, and get a big win against a very good team in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and Ron, then, I have, Ron, I have one last thing to say. Go ahead. To tie a bow on this. Austin Matthews, minus four in 21 minutes of ice time against the Blackhawks. Fuck you, Austin Matthews. <laughs> that's what I have to say. That's it. Right there. That's it. And that's where we'll, we'll move forward. Um, beautiful thing is... Uh, a bit of a crazy weekend, you know. Obviously, they get into Toronto, 
On Friday, Patrick Kane gets his jersey retired by the London Knights of the Ontario Hockey League. That's where he played his juniors for one year. That was Friday night. Number 88 now sits in the rafters um, in London forever. He is also there with friend of the show Dave Boland with his number retired as well. And then, uh, you know, after that Toronto game, the Blackhawks get to come home for a little bit of home cooking. Two games before they go into the break, and we're talking tonight about the first of those two, as the Blackhawks defeated the Winnipeg Jets tonight 5-2, to two, so now back-to-back games of the Hawks scoring more than five goals while allowing less than three. Um, the scoring got started very early. Uh, <laughs> it's been a kind of a trend lately, and it's been kind of nice. Under three minutes into the first period, Alex Nylander, yes, a suspect that we have not heard a lot from this season, but he uh, was wide open in front of the net. A good pass from Gustafson uh, gets him wide open, and he capitalizes on the backhander to give the Hawks the 1-0 lead early. Later in the first, then, uh, that same line again was generating chances. Highmore uh, gets the puck over to Nylander. Nylander gets it back to the point to Gustafson. Gustafson makes a little bit of a sidestep, and then he fires the puck on net and a little bit of a seeing-eye shot. Gets to the top shelf, and the Hawks are up 2-0 early. Into the second period, the only scoring in the second period was a Mark Shifley goal. Uh, you know, took a kind of a funky bounce off of a stick. You know, Leonard made the initial save, but then they, uh, they ultimately... We're able to capitalize on it and make it interesting. It was 2-1 then. Uh, and then the third period is really when the floodgates open, and this is when we're going to get into all the fun talk here, ladies and gentlemen. The first goal, Kirby Doc made an outstanding play at just before the uh, the 10-minute mark. It was about 9.5-minute mark in the third period. He really he crashed the net coming in on his offside on the left wing side. Uh, doesn't score, but he gets a rebound off of Hellebuck's pads. And David Kampf kind of comes out of nowhere and tucks it home. His seventh of the season made it 3-1 Chicago at that point. And then the goal heard around the world, ladies and gentlemen. Patrick Kane sets up Ryan Carpenter on a beautiful tic-tac-toe play to Brandon Saad backdoor. It's Saad's 13th goal, but more importantly, Kane's 38th assist of the year and his 1,000th career point. He finally does it in Chicago, which is so sweet that he was able to do it at home. Um, and they will he'd probably be honoring him next game when a certain familiar face comes back um, as well. So we'll be able to talk about that here shortly. But... The Jets wanted to try and make it interesting as Patrick Laine scored to make it 4-2, still in favor of Chicago, but that didn't matter. Dominic Kubelik's 21st of the season with another Taves assist. Uh, That that duo has been sensational ever since they promoted Kubelik with Taves. Made it 5-2, and that was all she wrote. But guys, let's talk about the bigger picture here for this game. Patrick Kane, 1,000 career points. Well, if Pat doesn't want to jump in, I'll take it. I'll I'll take the honors right here. Um, Guys, Patrick Kane is a generational talent, and I think all of us know it. It's just been such a treat to watch him play, and I think this is something that I go back to all the cup years, going down the stretch. Like He has just always been such a force for this team. And then you watch him on some of the teams lately that haven't done as well. And yet he still outperforms everybody on the ice. He he could go down as the greatest American-born player to ever play the game. Like, he still has so much in him. And, you know, that's going to be arguable. We'll talk about that, and we can debate that on a four feathers at large at some point in time when, when Patrick Kane inevitably hangs up the skates. But... Just watching him last year, I think there was a sentiment that we all talked about. And it was, why do we continue to watch the Hawks team as they flounder through this? And it was, watch him for Patrick Kane. Watch the Hawks because of how special this kid is on the ice. And right now, the Hawks aren't out of anything. I thought that they would be at this point in time, but they're not. And and the reason that they're not is because of Patrick Kane. Look at that. 38 assists on the year so far. He is just such a treat to watch. Like, there, there is going to be a time where Patrick Kane is not skating on the ice for the Blackhawks. And it's going to be a very hard day for all of us. Enjoy this. 
It's it's the same thing that I say with some of the Stanley Cup wins that we had. Enjoy it. Don't take it for granted because he is leaps and bounds ahead of what most hockey players are. His vision, his passing, his scoring ability. Everything that he brings to the table is just absolutely phenomenal. And to be able to witness what is he, the 90th player to ever achieve 1,000 points? Yep, 90. Like, think about that. There isn't even 100 guys who've done this ever in the history of the universe. Like, come on. This is special. This is history. He is amazing. What we saw yeah. tonight is just beyond comprehension. So... When you look back at tonight and you look back at Patrick Kane's career, realize what you've witnessed as a Hawks fan. Every single one of those goals, every single one of those assists has come in the greatest uniform of sports. And Pat, you wrote an excellent article about the greatest uniform in all sports. That's the Indian head. We've gotten to witness this in Chicago. He is going to go down as one of the best athletes in Chicago history. It's th- that if that's not cool and tough for you, I don't know what is. Patrick Kane forever. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. You, yeah, you touched on it perfectly. This, this is a guy we're really, really gonna miss him when he's gone. Um, I don't think that's coming anytime soon, though. So, like you said, enjoy it. There's gonna be even more. Um, he said it at the end of his uh, interview at the United Center tonight. You know, you know. Pretty much at this point, the only thing more they can do is win a couple more Stanley Cups, which is always great to hear. That'll get the crowd going and stuff. But, like, Patrick Kane's been phenomenal. You talked about it with him being uh, possibly ending up being the greatest American-born player ever. That's certainly possible. He's going to be up there at points by the end of his career. Um, I wrote I wrote that in my blog today that he would certainly he certainly has a chance to be that. I think I think when it's all said and done, he'll be considered the greatest Blackhawk of all time. In my opinion, he already is. Um, he's gonna he could very possibly be number one in points by the time his career is over. Um, I think he's got 467 to go to get to uh, Stan Makita's mark. He could probably do that in five or six years. The way he's going right now, um, we'll see how he ages. But, you know, he's got the three cups. He's got a heart trophy. He's got a con Smythe. He won rookie of the year. He just does everything. You know, mm-hmm. this there isn't much in hockey that this man has not done. So it's insane. Um, you know, you talk about the three championships. That's unmatched. Most players in sports don't do that kind of thing. And I understand that championships are a team thing. But it can be you can put that on a player like Patrick Kane because through every one of those cup teams, like Duncan Keith was phenomenal. Jonathan Taze was phenomenal. Corey Crawford was phenomenal. Patrick Kane was still the best player on all three of those teams, and it's really not even that close. So you can throw that on his shelf of accolades when you're the best player on a team and you win three championships. Like The playoffs are just dominated by Patrick Kane when he enters them. He always raises his game to a higher level. Like We went into this game tonight, and did you think for a second that Patrick Kane wasn't gonna gonna get a point tonight? Like no. you knew it. He was one short. When he has those milestones, he knocks them out. He knocks them out every single time. Like he always rises to it. Every time he goes to Buffalo, he has a big game. He is a guy for as incredible as he is, there is this extra level to his game that he can rise it to every now and again. And it's absolutely sensational. Greatest hockey player we're ever really going to witness in our lifetime here in Chicago, and it's truly, truly special. So every time he hits one of these milestones, it's really cool. And this milestone's bigger than you know a lot of them that come around. Yeah, well said. I'm not even going to add anything to that because I think you guys nailed it on the head. Patrick Kane is truly a special player. So congratulations to him from the Four Feathers Blackhawks on Tap crew. Um, that's a hell of an accomplishment, and yeah, he he's a future Hall of Famer. I, I think he will be the greatest American of all time when it's all said and done. I think he's the greatest Blackhawk of all time. And I think when it's all said and done, I don't even think, I know when it's all said and done, not only is 88 going to hang in London, Ontario, 88 going to hang in on 1901 West Madison Street as well. Uh, and it's going to be very well-deserved. Guys, a lot of good things to giving me goosebumps right now, Ron. You're giving me goosebumps. Hey, you know, it's just you got you to gotta talk it up. And uh, you know what? I 
I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give you some more goosebumps. We got some good stats, too, from tonight's game, obviously, aside from uh, the, you know, very noteworthy uh, achievement that was accomplished tonight. Robin Lehner stopping 36 of 38 that he faced tonight. Duncan Keith still not, yet again, not the leading minutes getter on the defense. Everybody playing almost 18 minutes or more. Connor Murphy led the charge with almost 24 minutes. From a forward's perspective, outside of Matthew Highmore and Alex Nylander, every single forward on the team played at least 12 minutes. Uh, that is encouraging to see. Uh, we've noted it throughout the year. We like seeing when guys like Kirby Doc are playing more minutes. Doc tonight playing nearly 14 minutes, so it's nice to see that. And obviously, he got the assist on that camp goal. So just a lot of good things. And not only that, they also beat a division rival who uh, you are pretty much now tied with outside of games played in the standings at 54 points, that being the Winnipeg Jets. So a lot of good things from this game beyond, um, obviously, Kane getting 1,000, but that is certainly uh, the headliner from this game tonight now that he is officially uh, it just further cementing himself uh, as one of the greatest players of all time, the greatest American of all time, the greatest Blackhawk of all time, just an absolute unbelievable player. And j guys, just to think, there was actually a debate when he was going to be drafted, when the Blackhawks had the first overall pick in 2007, whether or not the Blackhawks should take the little scrawny kid from London, Ontario, who led the OHL in points, or James Van Riemsdyk. Just imagine, where is this franchise if James Van Riemsdyk is taken number one overall and Patrick Kane goes to Philadelphia at number two? No, I don't want to think about it. Well, we don't have to, and that's the beauty of it. Just what, I mean, everybody, you know, everybody says that, you know, with Dale Talon, how, oh, well, getting Taves and Kane were slam dunks. Taves slipping the three in the 06 draft was not going to be a guarantee. You know, they got lucky that Pittsburgh didn't, they, they didn't want Taves. They took Stahl instead. Jordan Stahl went before Jonathan yeah. Taves in that draft. And then. And Eric Johnson to St. Louis. Way to go, Blues. Yeah, and he's not even there anymore. Still a good defenseman, just not with the Blues organization anymore. And then Aaron Johnson, yeah, right. <laughs> and then you what know, a player that never was like, you know, he just yeah he you know he had that hype of being this you know the next best thing defensively since sliced bread. And he's a still a very good defenseman. He's still a top two guy, but he is he. I mean, you look at those top three. Clearly, you know, Jonathan Taves became you know the best of those three in that draft. And then you know, kudos again to Dale Talon picking Patrick Kane, going with his gut and, and taking him over James Van Riemsdyk. And, um, you know, that's all she wrote. The rest is history. Three Stanley Cups later, team of the decade, um, or fr excuse me, franchise of the decade. I'm sure the team of the decade, they're going to have one of them. It's going to be one of those three cup teams. Um, just too many accolades to count um, from so many special players, and Patrick Kane being probably the most special of them all. Guys, we've talked a lot in this game about a lot of good things. Any quick thoughts? Uh, to close this this game out before we move ahead uh, to Tuesday's contest. Dominic Kubelik just keeps rolling. And I would love to not only credit this this recent stretch to Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, names that we've been talking about for a decade, but the Hawks have done a really good job of identifying talent in guys like Dominique Kubalik. I'm not saying he's Panarin by any means, but it's kind of the same thing. Like Alex Dabrinkit, Artemi Panarin, these scoring forwards, you just know how to put the puck in the back of the net that come from wherever it is, taking a chance on them, giving them a top six role, and they excel. We kind of saw it with Cahoon a little bit last year. I don't think he fully realized his potential, and they, and they made the trade for uh, – they traded away Cahoon, and we're never going to know what, what the end result is there. But Dominic Kubalik, 21 on the year so far. This is a kid that's going to get paid. I want to see Kubalik locked up in the Indian head for quite some time. I don't know about you guys. I don't know how you feel about this, but – he is essential right now in this top six forward core, and he's great on that top line with Taves. I'm I'm a little bit worried going into next year, and I know this is an early thought about 
Kubalik and what his future is here. That's my first thought. My second thought is, I talked a little bit about this with Johnny. We've got kind of a goalie competition here for who's number one. And every time Robin Lehner takes the ice, he's my guy. Every time Corey Crawford takes the ice, he's my guy. So I want to go round table with you. Who's your guy? Because I don't know going into next season who that guy is. And I asked Johnny about this. I want to ask you you guys this right now. Who are you picking up for next year? Is it Robin Lehner or is it Corey Crawford? So I'll, I'll turn it over to Pat. You guys can kind of figure both of those little statements out. And if you guys have anything else, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting one. I think, you know, we can start with this year because, you know, that's what's forefront. And it, it it's tough Um, because if you look at it, this team is making a push to the playoffs. Corey Crawford has the uh, playoff experience. He probably should have won the con Smythe in 2013. Um, he, He's battle tested. However, I think you got to kind of give still give Weiner a bit of the edge. He has just been, you know, a little bit better. I think you feel a little bit more at ease with him back there. Uh when they give up just a plethora of shots, he seems to stop most of them. Um moving into next year that's complicated. You know, Leonard said a couple of days ago that he's not taking a pay cut to stay here, you know, and then Corey Crawford said that he's not going somewhere where he's going to be the backup. So they both aren't coming back. That that seems like one thing that's pretty clear. It might be a one or the other situation. Hopefully it's not neither. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know which way you go next year because there are pros and cons to both. I think Lehner, if you re-sign him and you get him up, you got a true number one goalie in there for sure for you know the, the very near future. However, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you quite a bit. And Six, seven talk- million, right? At least. Yeah, I would say so. And now you're talking about maybe struggling to get Strom on that extension or, you know, things in the future. So you can here's an interesting get- question for you, Comiskey. With the way the Blackhawks have played without Dylan Strom right now, do you need Dylan Strom? You need Dylan Strom. Okay. I, I don't I don't I don't think you can survive long term with Ryan Carpenter as your uh, second line center. I like Ryan Carpenter. He battles well. He plays pretty damn well with Patrick Kane. But Johnny you know, Knight I, just I cursed you under underneath his breath. Yeah, and I just I don't mean it as an insult to Ryan Carpenter. I just I don't know that I want Ryan Carpenter, who's more of a grinder, playing on my second line. That's that's just me. I think they need Dylan Strom. He's got a lot of skill. He's still very very young. He's going to put up a lot of points in his career. Not the thousand point mark like Patrick Kane just did tonight. But you know he's going to be a good one that they should keep around here for a long time. I don't think that you can just write Dylan Strom off because they've gotten hot here without him. Yeah, I I agree with the whole the piece about Strom. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people forget how young Strom is still. I mean, him and DeBrinket are both, what, 22, 23 years old, so they still have a lot of growth and, and development to come. Um, I think the beauty of it that they have in their court is that because of DeBrinket only taking 6.4 on his quote-unquote bridge contract, uh, I think they're going to be able to get Strom probably somewhere between, um, you know, anywhere as as low as maybe four million and as high as I would say maybe just over five. I don't think he gets anything more than that. From a goalie perspective, I see. To me, this is an easier answer than I think it was for you two. I, it's Robin Lehner, and it's not even close. Um, Corey Crawford's thirty four years old. He has health issues with concussions. Uh, when he is healthy, he is a very good goaltender. Um, unfortunately, Father Time. Um, always wins and you know eventually that's going to catch up with him and you know if you're looking at this team to build something going forward because of this youth movement now that they have guys like as we mentioned Strom, Kubalik, Dabrinkit, you still have Kane and Taves, you have Kirby Doc now who's going to be a part of that that foundation you know Adam Boakfist etc you you need a, a goaltender who's going to be around for the long run Robin Lehner's only 27 years old 27 years of age, excuse me. You know, he's he's still fairly young. I mean, he's just been in the league for a long time. He came up at a very young age because he was a very good goaltending prospect when he was uh, originally in Ottawa. Hey, you Ron. Know, yes. 27 years of age and 27 years old are the same thing. I know. I thought I misspoke, so I just wanted to self-correct myself I just, just in I, case. I just want to clarify that. Yeah, you know, I just I wanted to make sure I didn't stumble over my words, that's all. I'm very tired. I'm running out about two hours of sleep right now for those at home. But, you know, I just 
I, you know, and Robin Lehner's been so good. Sure, are are you going to have to pay him probably seven, seven and a half mil? Yeah, but he's already making five. You're Do you really think he gets seven and a half? I think he can get Crawford's making six. Um, yeah, so I mean, you're subtracting money next year, right? You're subtracting if you money. only bring Leonard back at seven, right? And imagine so, if you trade Sod Kaminsky. I mean, yeah, I'm start. I'm starting to fall off that wagon. I, I think I'm just going to let Ron claim victory on that one. Ooh. I mean, there's just well, and they, there's a lot of moves they can make. Zach Smith is three point two five million dollars. Um, you know, if they decided to move on from one of their defensemen, whether it's Olimata who's making four, Murphy who's making three point eight five, uh, I don't think they move on from Dahan, but he's making four and a half. So, you know, there's there's options in there. Seabrook's LTIR money is going to kick in because you know he's not going to be ready for next season. He's the, the hip injuries are going to he's going to have to recover from that for a while. So, they're, they're going to be able to do it, and then it really becomes where does the cap fall next year too, right? Because you know, if the cap goes up the way they project it to, you might be able to fit DeBrinket's, you know, extension under the cap even without having to really do anything crazy. So they're going to have to get creative, but, you know, you are subtracting money with Crawford's money coming off the books. I do think Robin Lehner is a number one goaltender. I think they should lock him up. I am all for that. I think he's my goalie um, going forward because I think they can win a lot of games with him in that, especially as this defense starts to grow together, as they've been doing, you know, you, you – you're seeing it now as this unit is starting to become, you know, cohesive and everybody's working together and the chemistry is being built. And I think they're doing a lot of good things. So that is uh, where I am at. And then I think just from a, the standpoint is keep this train going. You guys mentioned it earlier, five straight wins. Now they are three points out of a wild card spot. Um, this is uh, Tony. You said it best. You know, this is a lot better of a spot to be in right now, and they have a very favorable schedule in the second half of the season now. So they legitimately could make a very, you know, realistic run here at a postseason. Uh, you know, not only appearance but maybe a run. You know, if they're hot at the right time. So um, a lot of interesting things to watch. You know, Dylan Strom still has to come back. Andrew Shaw still has to come back at some point. You know, they're going to get even more reinforcements, even though they've been getting guys like Saad and Kajula and, uh, you know, some of those guys back. So very, Don't very discount the fact, Ron, that they have, what is it, $11 million in cap space, too, to work with at the deadline if they're in a position to strike? Yeah, I, w- I would think just the, the, the one contingency on that is it has to be an expiring contract. But absolutely, if, you know, if there's a, a contract out there that maybe a team's just looking to shred, um, and they don't have to give up a ton of value for it. Yeah, they absolutely could add a deadline. Maybe add a, another defenseman if you want to bulk up some, you know, depth because of the Dahan injury. Um, they can certainly add another forward if they if they don't think they have enough depth on on the forward positions. So uh, there's a lot of things they can do with that money. But I, I think the one contingency is it has to be an expiring contract unless. You know, you make a big trade that's, you know, kind of think back to like the Dylan Strom trade for Nick Schmaltz, a very quote unquote hockey trade where, you know, you're setting yourself up for the future or something like that. But um, no, absolutely agree. That's something to keep an eye on as well as the the trade deadline approaches uh, in February. So I guess, gentlemen, then we'll move on Um, Tuesday night. The Blackhawks will host the Florida Panthers. Yes, that means the return of former head coach Joel Quenville to the United Center. It's going to be a special night. Patrick Kane's going to be honored for his 1,000th point. I'm sure his family and everybody will be in attendance for that. There's going to be a beautiful, beautiful celebration of Coach Quenville. We all know it, as and rightfully so. Uh, the man did incredible things, not only throughout his entire career with Colorado, with St. Louis, and then with Chicago, um, but also, you know, just with Chicago. I mean, the, the run that he had as the Blackhawks head coach is, is probably going to be unmatched, um, by any coach, especially in the modern cap era. It's so hard to do what the Blackhawks did in the 2010s decade. So they'll be welcoming them in is a big game for the Blackhawks. Uh, I think, you know, Jeremy Carlton actually had a really nice quote about that. When he was asked about Tuesday's game, he said, you know, they absolutely should honor Joel. He's like, and I want to honor Joel. Joel was a big reason why I wanted to come and be a part of this franchise when he initially became the AHL, you know, Rockford Icehawks head coach. He said oh, that was a huge reason for it, and I, I owe a lot to him. He's been great to me. 
and you know it, it's gonna he's gonna be celebrated and he should be and I think you know we all agree with that I mean we're all you know Q love we all love Coach Quenville I think every Blackhawks fan does and will till the day they die and you know it's gonna be a big game but they do still need to get two points these are two big points because then they go on their week long break. Um, which also includes the all-star break, you know, where Patrick Kane will be representing the team. So there's a lot going on, gents. So, you know, uh, we'll go around. Tony, we can start with you. Maybe just a quick thought, obviously Coach Quenville and whatnot, uh, and then let's get a stick-to-click out of you um, before we get out of here for the night. I've been preparing this speech for a while, um, and I'm now lost for words. Um the last time we really talked in depth about Joel Quinville was the day he was fired. And that was probably the most animated, angry, and raw emotion that I've ever displayed on a microphone. And I know we were all present for that. Um, Joel Quinville, like you said, will be remembered in Chicago history forever. Um, pro- he... Not probably. He is my favorite coach of all time. Like, I go back and I look at, you know, like Ozzie Guillen from the White Sox and um, just championship winning coaches. And Joel Quinville was there through the entire cup run. And I remember when he was brought in for Denny Savard. And, you know, it's just there's a lot of emotion um, that uh, I myself – as a Blackhawks fan feel when I hear the name Joel Quinville. And I know a lot of listeners to the show. I know both of you probably when you hear the name Joel Quinville, it, it, you start to think about 2010, you think about 2013, you think about 2015 and you think about him swearing at players, him grabbing his crotch and calling out refs and all the cool and tough shit that Joel Quinville just embodies. Um, there's never going to be a coach who's more Chicago than Joel Quinville. And that's one of the reasons why I just purchased tickets to Tuesday's game because Joel Quinville deserves the loudest fucking ovation of anybody that takes the ice on Tuesday night. Like he, like when they announce names, Joel Quinville deserves a standing ovation. And I, I'm damn sure he's going to get it. Now, yeah. that's with that said, with that said, I want the Hawks to beat him. Um, I've said so much about Jeremy Carlton on this show and how I don't think that he's the right man to lead this team. Uh, I think this Hawks team would be better with Joel behind the bench. But I would love nothing more than the Hawks to get another two points on Tuesday night. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, Joel deserves his ovation, and I think what he's done in this city is is unparalleled. So, at least for in the, in the Blackhawks' perspective, unparalleled. And I, 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 he drinks for free. Like that's that. I think that's the 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 moral of the story here is he drinks for free. But let's go beat his Panthers. Let's go get two points. I'll turn it over to Comiskey because this one's got me uh, way too emotional. Yeah, absolutely. As soon as as soon as the NHL released the schedule for this season, uh, this was the first game that I looked for, and I was like, "When is Florida coming to town?" And uh, with my season tickets, I made sure that was one that we uh, weren't going to be putting up for sale at any point because this is one that's been circled on the calendar for me. Took the day off work. We're gonna go down there and we're gonna celebrate Q because, like you said, he deserves it, man. It should be a loud, long, thunderous ovation for him. I would imagine they'll have a really nice video tribute for him for something. It's gonna be it's gonna be a night full of celebrations. They'll probably also be honoring Kane for his thousands points. So Tuesday is gonna like bring tissues with you. You might shed a tear or two here in the United Center. Uh, you know, you and myself will both be in attendance for that. I can't wait. I haven't been this excited for a hockey game in a while. Uh, you know, you know the the queue, the queuing is going to be going on all night long. I think it's going to be a little emotional. Uh, we know Q doesn't show emotion, so we'll we'll see how he reacts to uh, the reaction that the Blackhawks fans give him. I can't wait. You know, I feel like we never really got any sort of closure with Q. They like just fired him and he was gone, and we were like, well, mm-hmm. how, we didn't get to say goodbye. You know, like what happened? Um, 
you seen him out there after he got fired tailgating with Bears fans, ripping shots with people like that. That that's the kind of guy he is. It was a match made in heaven for like you know, like you said, he's truly Chicago, and now he's down there in Florida, probably living up living his best best life. So I it's like wait. it's like that guy that retires, right? Like he works in Chicago his whole fucking life, yeah, and then retires down to Florida to get away from the winter. You know, right. Welcome yeah. back to fucking Chicago. Let's go. Like I I, I fucking love this story. Yeah, I can't wait. You know, I I got my Hartford Whalers Joel Quenville jersey all ready to go for Tuesday. It'll be the first time I go to a Hawks team and not wear a Hawks jersey, so that'll be a little interesting. But you know, I can't wait. It's going to be a great game. And now, like best best, this is also best case for Jeremy Colleton that the Hawks are on this winning streak because if things were going poorly for the Hawks right now, he'd probably get booed loudly when they do the introductions with Q back in town just because that's going to be the mindset. But now that the Hawks are rolling, like we don't have to get on the negative on Jeremy Colleton amongst all this Q celebration. Like he's got them playing well. So like he deserves, you know, to be, you know, we'll give him the quiet clap when they introduce his name on Tuesday night. But like, you know, now as we transition into this game, you know, it not the Hawks are rolling. Like this becomes more than Joel Quenville coming back. Like, these are big points. You know, you're three points out of the playoffs. All these games are big games. You got to go win it. So while it'll be an emotional night, it's still, it's, you know, it's still a big game on a Tuesday at the United Center. Yeah, well said, gentlemen. I will not add anything further. I agree. I'm envious Ron, of I wa- you Ron, I want you, Ron, I want you to add something to this. I think you're doing yourself a disservice. I honestly do. Like, if we're sitting here, we're cracking beers, we're talking about Joel Quinville, I want you to add some, some, heartfelt thoughts about Joel and, and, and this, the meaning of this game. Well, I think, you know, just like you guys mentioned, I I think it's the nostalgia, right? I mean, forever Joel Quenville is going to be associated with the success of the Chicago Blackhawks during the 2010s. He's going to be associated with those three Stanley cups in six years. He's going to be associated with the constant playoff runs. You know, he's going to be associated with the fiery, that kind of blue collar Chicago mentality. I mean, he, he is synonymous with the city of Chicago and the hockey world. And, you know, he's a hall of fame coach. He's, he's arguably the greatest of all time. I mean, the only, you know, the only coach in history that he hasn't caught yet for wins is Scotty Bowman. And, you know, Scotty Bowman's, uh, you know, regarded as truly as the goat of, of, you know, NHL head coaches. So, you know, he's up there in, in elite company. Um, you know, he he is forever a, a beautiful treasure to the city of Chicago in those cup runs. He's just as important to those cup runs as Brent Seabrook, as Duncan Keith, as Jonathan Taves, as Patrick Kane, as Marion Hosa, and all those guys that were on those teams. You know, he is Chicago, and, and he's forever going to be loved in the city. Uh, he'll be forever loved in, in, by all Blackhawks fans everywhere. Uh, and as he should be, I mean, he, he's done so many great things and, um, you know, happy for him that he, you know, he got back on his feet very quickly and, and got the Florida job. I think they're in a good you know situation for them to have some success. Um, and obviously you, you saw what he did with the Hawks. I think he can do that with that Florida roster as well as they're very talented. So, you know, it's, it's nice that he'll be able to come back. And like you said, you know, it's great that the Hawks are playing well too. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, it, it would be a good feeling for this entire franchise, I think. You know, it's not even from a, oh, we want to enact our revenge. It's just like, a, no, this is, if we can beat Joel Quenville and, and the Florida Panthers, it's kind of that, them taking that next step into a new phase of Chicago Blackhawks hockey. And, you know, what better way to start 2020 than, you know, making a playoff, legit playoff run when you have been absent from the playoffs now for a few seasons. So, um, I think it's a monumental game. You know, obviously the the Kane celebration is going to be huge as well. I'm envious of you two gentlemen that will, for you being in attendance. I unfortunately have a work schedule that will not allow me to be in attendance. Otherwise, I would be there with you guys. Um, you know, cheering just as loudly for Joel and and cheering even louder for our beloved Blackhawks. So, gentlemen, before we quickly get out of here, this has been a nice, beautiful, long episode for our listeners. I'm sure they'll all enjoy it. Uh, we need sticks to click for Tuesday's game. Tony, I'll let you start it off. I'm going to go with uh, the hot hand here, and that's Dominique Kublaik. I just want him to continue to score goals. Like, Kubalik has just been on the score sheet every single night for the last God as long as I can remember. So, Called their trophies, cool and tough. Let's go get it. Yeah, absolutely. Comiskey, who do you got for your stick to click? 
Yeah, I'm going to go with the captain. You know, he's been rolling lately. Seen that stat the other day that, like, he has, I think, 27 points over his last 21 games. Like, he is playing some serious hockey. He's on fire. Um, yeah, he, he's looked phenomenal. That top line's looking good. I'm going to go with him because, you know, he's just, he's rolling and he needs to keep it rolling. So let's, let's hit it. And, you know, he's the kind of guy who shows up hard for every game. This is the last game before, you know, the All Star break which, you know, some guys, you know, you might mail it in a little bit. Jonathan Taze would never mail something in in his life. He'll show up. Yeah, well said. I'm going to go ahead and add my stick to click. I'm going to go ahead and add with the guy, you know, go with uh, somebody that you two know that I'm, I am I love very, very dearly. Brandon Sod. Brandon Sod. He's got two goals <laughs> in his last two games since coming back from injury. He's been a, a nice spark plug, um, helping balance out some of that depth. He's allowed Kubalik and Taves to still be together while he be he can play with Kane, he can play with Doc, he can play with Debrinkit, he can play with any of those guys in the middle six. So I'm going to go ahead and say that Brandon Saad might get goal number 14 um, on Tuesday night. And, you know, that is a guy, too, who one of the few young players that ever really had success out the gate under Joel Quenville, if you think about it. So I'm sure, you know, each one of those guys that played for him is going to have a little bit of a you know, kind of wanting to score when when he's there and present. So I'm going to go ahead and say number 20 uh, is my stick to click. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you joining us for this beautiful long episode of Blackhawks on Tap. We hope you enjoyed the weekend recap. Be sure to find all of our work at the our beautiful website of www.ontapsportsnet.com. You could find all of your greatest and latest podcasting and writing needs, wants, and desires about your favorite Chicago sports teams. We have great Blackhawks coverage, as you are listening to some of that right now. We also have great baseball coverage. The Southsiders are doing a lot of great things, getting excited for the new baseball season. We got it covered over here. The Cubs are doing absolutely nothing, and guess what? We still got that covered over here, too, as well. We got the Bears covered. We got the Bulls covered, and we got every other Chicago sports items covered there, too. So be sure to find us. That, once again, is www.ontapsportsnet.com. You can also find us on the social medias. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ONTAPSportsNet. The ONTAP Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much again for joining us. My name is Ron Luce, your host for the evening. Coming to you from Patrick Kamiski and Tony Marchese. Guys, let's get out of here the only way we know how to. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks, baby.